It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up and at them. Fresh and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. Welcome to episode 404 of uh, Show Information Missing. The Backroom Morning Show. That's 404. <laughs> it was a pun, Mo. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like whenever you go to a website that doesn't exist, it's like page 404. But oh. page doesn't exist. Nope, sorry. <laughs> Not following. Uh, part of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network and the official exclusive morning show for LT and radio. I'm Radio Matt, station manager and chief radio nerd. I'm a husband, a father of three, a Green Lantern fan, and a Funko Pop collector. And I'm Mo, shorter, louder, smarter, and all around better than absolutely no one. I'm a wife, mom, elementary librarian, and seeker of truth, except when it comes to reality TV. You know what I'm just noticing? Uh-huh. Let's see. What are you what are you gonna say? Go ahead. I okay. wanna see if we're on the same page. Your sentence yes. implies that, that I'm shorter than no one, nobody yeah, I know. All yeah. of that applies to that. And I've just now noticed that. I know. Out of this entire year, I think. So I wanna say <laughs> um it was probably two recordings ago that I like it hit me and I was like, that's not Correctly written. <laughs> that really doesn't make much sense. But I've just been going with it. And so the second that you paused yeah, after you I knew spoke, what I meant. Uh-huh, you knew, I knew what where, I was going to mm-hmm. say. Yep. I knew where you How were going. How have I not noticed that this entire year? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I don't know. It also, yeah, it also implies, like Oriole says, that you are louder than no one else. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Smarter than no one else. Uh huh. I think that it's because we knew where I was going that we we didn't even think twice about it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm shorter, louder, smarter, and all around better than Matt. Like that, but. No, I'm not. So anyway. Yeah, we might well, need to yeah, touch up both of our, our intros. Yeah. <laughs> Just deal with it for the rest of the week, guys. All right. And <laughs> next week, it'll be something different. Okay. Today on the show, <laughs> what did we learn from the Facebook whistleblower? Aye. Mm. Also on the show today, COVID's, oh man, COVID's uncomfortable new symptom. <laughs> Dude, want, why are wait. we still talking just about wait. this? But first, today is Monday. Monday, October 11th, 2021, and we got some holidays to celebrate. That's right. It's National Kick Butt Day. Yeah. So kick some butt. Kick it. Kick it hard. Get that butt and kick it. Listen, especially if that butt... (laughs) We're not there yet. Okay. All right. It's also National Sausage Pizza Day. You know what? I I hated sausage for the majority of my life as a food in general. Yeah. Chris and does not care for sausage. It wasn't until I had it on a pizza because it was the only pizza available at some get together that I'm like, you know what? Sausage ain't bad. So I love sausage. Mm-hmm. Love sausage. I am about to say something that's going to get tomatoes thrown at me, but I would prefer sausage over bacon. 
I mean, a lot of people do, so I'm not going to hate on you for it. It's a wrong opinion, but I'm not going to hate See, it. See, and I really didn't think that a lot of people would have that same opinion. Oh, I find that. Bacon is like its own food group to so many people. I find my your son's booing you. I, know. I find myself baffled at how many people prefer sausage over bacon. Like, to the point where I feel like more people prefer sausage over bacon. Yeah. I love sausage. That might just but be my I perception. don't care for it on pizza. Really? Mm -hmm. That's my favorite place to have it, no. especially cold. Domino's sausage pizza, cold the next morning, right out of the refrigerator. Best sausage experience. So I have to none. admit something. Hmm. This is like going to tell you what an awful, awful mother and <laughs> wife and housekeeper I am. <laughs> but when we order pizza and there's leftovers, I do not put it in the refrigerator. What, what do you do with it? It sits on the counter or what? we stick it in the oven. What? Uh-huh. Overnight? Then, yeah. What? Mm -hmm. And then we'll eat it the next day for lunch or breakfast. But why don't you put it in the refrigerator? Because I'm too lazy. <laughs> It's going to get all all gross. I, but see, I don't think that it gets any more gross in the <laughs> oven overnight, still in the box, than what it does in a refrigerator in a Ziploc bag overnight. I feel like it would. Wouldn't it start developing like bacteria and stuff as it gets cold? I'm hoping not in less than 24 hours. Maybe. Because that's, I mean, we throw it away by the 24-hour mark sure. the, next, the next dinner. Sure. But my kids will eat it for breakfast and lunch. Do they at least microwave it? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Then that'll kill it, I guess. That's And see, that's my thought. <laughs> like, I mean, they stick it in the air fryer or back in the oven and yeah. it, or in the microwave and... Yeah. Caffeine's in our chat. All my food safety senses. Yeah, that's how I feel. They're going off, man. Something's wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have wondered for the last few years, like, is is this really safe? How, but, but, I mean. How does um, how does reheating pizza in an air fryer stack up? Oh. Is it better than? Yes. Yes. Other options? I need to buy an air fryer. Yes. In fact, I have a little bit of birthday money. I might go tomorrow and just buy an air fryer. Oh, we love our air fryer. We love our air fryer. Yeah. I feel like everything is better in an air fryer. Yeah. See, and, I've been hearing this for the last two years, I feel like. Like the air fryer is it's just the, it's the new hotness. Yeah. We rarely use our microwave now unless it's for like ramen, like a soup. You make your ramen in the microwave? <laughs> yeah. In a bowl. In the microwave. A sing, oh. single serve bowl of ramen. It's mm -hmm. really, you're really flexing my muscles, <laughs> as to my non judgmental muscles today yeah. mm -hmm. on your food preferences here. Yep. Ugh. I mean, I personally don't eat ramen very often. I probably eat ramen like two or three times a year. I do not eat ramen a lot. Yeah. But my kids I'm not eat supposed it. to eat ramen a lot. My kids, it's. For some, it is my both of my kids' favorite meal of all time. Yeah. Which, that's great budget wise, but terrible health wise. Yeah, it's got a lot of sodium in it. A whole heck of a lot oh, of sodium. So much. Yeah. But I, gosh, I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. I love almost every flavor. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm not a fan Just of the creamy about chicken. For a while. I'm not a. Fan You're of not a fan of the cream. Police can can need to be called. I like the chicken. Oh, I already <laughs> called the police once today. Uh, I like the chicken, but not the creamy chicken. What, what what is it about the creamy chicken you don't like? Is it just the fact that it's creamy? Or it's like, yeah, th 
the it's just unnatural it's a little more thick yeah and i don't like that <laughs> i don't want my broth to be like milk i would prefer my broth to be like water <laughs> oh right that makes sense i mean what i get I'm it i get legit. it yeah i get Thank it you. it's a texture thing i understand i'm sitting here thinking though like when i make creamy chicken robin i even pour out the majority of the water so there's just a little bit of water in there and so that sauce is super thick it's like alfredo sauce thick and it's delicious yeah no delicious <clears throat> um so i like a lot of broth I, there are times where Baby i will does that too yeah I will get a cup of water and put like chicken bouillon cubes in there just to drink broth. Just to get more broth or just well, to have broth as, general, have, as a snack. Yeah. A broth snack. Yeah. Or lunch. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I will do that. That cannot count as lunch. <laughs> I mean. It cannot be healthy enough for a lunch. Mm-hmm. Isn't that essentially just salt at that point? <laughs> Salt water you're drinking? Essentially, yeah. <laughs> With a little bit of chicken flavor. Toffee says roast beef is the best flavor. Yeah. Eh, mm, no. I'm a fan of the, the soy sauce, which up until last year was known as the oriental flavor. But I guess they finally <coughs> uh, finally figured out that might not be the best PC name for it. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things that I, like, you can tell that we were 90s kids. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's just things that they don't even register, but as soon as it's said, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that, yeah, mm hmm. <laughs> Whereas, like, my kids' generation, it's like, oh, right away they know you can't say that. You can't, you can't say, say that. that. Uh huh. But then my parents' <laughs> no. generation, it's like, why can't I say that? You know? I'm like, <laughs> so. yeah. I'm like 100% certain they were starting to see a drop off in sales of the Oriental flavor, and they tied it back to the fact that. Well, that's offensive. You can't buy that. You can't have that in your house. What if someone comes over and sees you? But guaranteed, (laughs) guaranteed, Uh, Oriental people were the ones who were still buying it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) It was us white people that get offended for everybody else. It's like, (laughs) oh, I can't buy that. You're going to hurt their feelings. Yeah. The cashier might bring me up and notice that it's Oriental and she might judge me. <laughs> Am I lying? No. Okay. You're not. Uh-huh. Oh, uh huh. And we're gonna man. skate right past this, but it's also Columbus Day or Indigenous yeah. Peoples Day. That's that's. Um, we've already had hey, our share of, of controversial topics today. It is so. also <laughs> the start of KY's last week in her 42nd year. Oh, our friend, our friend yeah. in chat right now, KY uh-huh. Redhead, Kentucky Redhead. Last week is how old? 42, I believe is what she said up 42 there. 42 years old? I'm going to give you a compliment. You do not look 42 not years old. Not at all. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I would not have guessed that. Us, I would have guessed closer ladies. to our age. Yeah. Uh-huh. We age well. Mm-hmm. We age well. No. I said Southern ladies. <laughs> Us Southern ladies. I know. I, yeah. Listen, I did heard, you not see my picture <laughs> from my yearbook picture from this year up against my yearbook picture from 19 years ago, my senior picture? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's not much of a difference there, friend, except for the fact that my tan looks really bad because that was right <laughs> that was after the, the after lake. you got burned. <laughs> yep. That's what, that's what I was seeing in there. I'm like, you look a little different than normal. In that S- like super, super <laughs> tan, super tan. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been a minute, guys. It's been a hot minute. Just a minute. Since we've been here. It was before my birthday. Since the last it time we were here. It was before your birthday. Yeah. This is the second year in a row 
I don't remember missed, what happened yeah. last year. Well, last year it was the transition from back row radio to LTN uh, radio. Oh, you're so right. We, did, we took two weeks off. Second to year refocus. in a row that you got to skip out on having a yeah. show over your birthday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it has been officially a year. A year here on LTN radio. Yeah. As of uh, this past Sunday. Well, not this past Sunday. This past Sunday as of a recording, which is last Friday. <laughs> but as of the 4th, October 4th, was when uh, we hit one year of LTN Radio. And uh, we're super excited because it's gone really well. We're in, a, we're in a much better place a year later than we were the whole two and a half years we were doing it uh, on our own with Back Row Radio. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited. Uh, yeah, it's been a year already. It's crazy. It's hard to believe. <laughs> Time has gone by fast because it's been fun. Because we've been having a good old time. We have been. We really, really have been. And I'm excited. Yeah. Only because, I mean, you're going to have to help me big time. Like, super big time. But just venturing into now, like, my side of going to do the whole streaming thing. Oh, when we do right. Right, Games guys. on Tuesday. And so, yeah, for the last, um, I know most of you in the chat right now already know this, but yeah. for the last several weeks, you know, we've told you that we do our, our Tuesday night Among Us stream. Um, and for the last several weeks, Among Us has been having server issues. They've been having like DDoS attacks uh, that they can't seem to quell yet. And so the last... Uh, Technically, the last three weeks, but I wasn't there the first week because yeah. that was a whole mess. Um, but for the last uh, three weeks, they've had to resort to Goose Goose Duck or other games. Uh, and the last two weeks, we've been doing Goose Goose Duck, which is an Among Us ki- kind of game. Uh, just plays a little bit differently. They have different game modes and things. But it's uh, currently only available on PC. They're slowly rolling out a mobile version, but it's currently only on PC. And so... As the the third week that we weren't able to to stab our friends, Mo was really upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, Topher got on that night saying Mo is angry. I, yeah, <laughs> I really Mo was. Mama is angry. I really was. I was like, this is dumb. And so Mo was in our in my chat uh, for well, I'm sure she was hopping around, but she was in my chat that night talking to me, and then she middle of the night. I wasn't hopping. You didn't hop around. Okay, it's fun to hop around. I usually when I and I can't play. I usually hop around to find out who's the imposter. And then I always feel like I'm missing something. Like the second that I leave your stream, I'm gonna miss something, and I'm like, ah. So I just stick with one and watch there. Gotcha. Anyway, well, as of uh, like the middle of the of the two hour stream, Mo tells me to check the Discord chat. And she sent a picture of a streaming laptop that her husband had just brought home. Yeah. And uh, within the next half hour, Topher had got her all hooked up and ready to go. And she got to play the last half hour of uh, Goose Goose Duck with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that she has a streaming laptop, I've told her that she will have to stream her games on Tuesday nights. So. Yep. I even spent Wednesday cleaning my bedroom and making sure that the wall that's going to be behind me is up to par. Oh, you're going to do a whole camera thing, too. Well, yeah. There's no point in not. I feel like I tell Topher this all the time, and he's like, yeah, but I'm underage, which I get that. Yeah, yeah. It's Um, better for him to wait. Yeah. Um, But to me, I'm like... That, that's part of the element of it all. Like streaming is being able to see the person's Reactions. face. I agree yeah. with you. And yeah. I don't think enough people see that 
Lark in the chat. Yeah. Uh, who's saying stream without cam. I don't think enough people realize how important seeing the reaction to these things is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand. I understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. I'm not really trying to shame you, but they're just most of the people. I think it's just Silver and I and Rye Guy. Yeah. Uh, and occasionally Rogar. And right. even Silver doesn't do it all the time, but I think she'll get better, better about it now with her new setup. Uh, but it's just, it's so hard to not see reactions, especially if you're not all that vocal with your reactions, yeah. but you're very expressive with uh-huh. them. Uh-huh. Uh, and even in Goose Goose Duck, Goose Goose Duck, you can't be all that vocal with your reactions most of the time because people can hear you because it's proximity chat. Uh, so you kind of have to hold it back and mm-hmm. uh, just emote. And so, yeah, I agree. And I'm glad and I'm happy. Yeah. But yeah, I'm he'll excited. have to get you set up OBS and all that stuff. Well, he got me set up on OBS and I'm pretty much, he like pulled it up for me and showed me everything, oh, which it's, I'm used to kind of seeing it. True. Right. Um, yeah. You know, you know, at least how to, how to what get it, around what it looks visually. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't feel like I'm completely up the creek without a paddle. Okay. I've got a paddle. I just don't know which direction to hold it in. <laughs> well, so, if you we'll need, get there. if you need some help getting some, uh, graphics going. Uh, yes, I will. I'd like to help you. Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's not bad. That's a, that's a good thing to look forward to. I'm yes, excited I'm about excited. that. But, uh, you also have bad news. Something that like, just happened Ugh. before we started recording. <sighs> So we live in a very small town. It's weird because it's, I mean a small city, I would say. Yeah. Or a big town. It <laughs> I guess population wise, it is bigger. Yeah. But as far as like the feeling of the town, you still kind of feel like it's small town. Yeah. I mean it gives you that feel. I you know agree. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um Either way, we have a roundabout, and our town, whether big or small, does not need a roundabout. True. We don't. There's it was, no... It was put in there for very bad, uh, not, not enough good reasoning. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. At this not point, let's bad just reasoning, remove just not... it and have a stoplight. Please. I still remember, like, the, I think it was the second year we had it. Somebody was just driving and not and paying just attention ran and right just through boom, it. Yep. Right into uh-huh. it. <laughs> yep. Big brick wall that goes up to it, like yes. a grassy gardenish type thing. Just yeah. smacked right into it. It's I have seen people <laughs> driving in the wrong direction. Oh gosh, that would terrify it. me. That yes. would terrify it's, me. It's just insane to me. <laughs> and we were joking before we, we started recording that, you know, our town has signs posted. Mm-hmm. And they have painted nice, beautiful, very self-explanatory graphics on the ground to explain to you which direction to travel in. (laughs) Um, But, you know, still some people don't quite understand how to use a roundabout. And that's fine because guess what? There are many other options to get to your destination. The roundabout is not a... Uh, must it's not on go a key through. road, yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Um, but long story short, there was a lady who entered the roundabout at the same time that I did and decided to exit the roundabout. We were exiting at the same time, but she decided to push me off, off the road out of my lane to try and get into my lane to exit from my lane, I suppose, um, as we were exiting. And so I saw this coming 
kind of pulled back on the gas a little bit, but still caused me to run up on the curb of the church that faces the roundabout, um, which I'm also very glad that church has cameras that face the roundabout because <laughs> we can pull the footage. Which is how we know the footage of the car that smacked right into it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but as I, you know, of course, I'm frustrated and I'm irritated. I've got Mila in the car with me and, you know, it's just this one of those things that's like, seriously, why can't people just drive? And so I'm following behind her getting her license plate, trying to see if she's going to pull over and stop to at least make sure, oh, are you okay? Mm-hmm. No. She throws her hand out the window and does one of those kind of like, I'm sorry, arms up in the air, you know, my bad. It wasn't like an angered flipping me off. <laughs> it was a <laughs> hand of apology, if you will, um, which then only irritated me more. Only made me more angry because no, that that's not okay. (laughs) That's not enough. So yeah, got got to uh, make a nice little police report. um, Yeah, she messaged me about about half hour before we were supposed to go live, saying I might be a little late. Yep, and she was, and Mm -hmm. that's okay. Just a couple minutes, but not bad. (sighs) We've been later. True. And it hasn't always been my fault. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the other right. times it's been my wife's fault. Uh, <laughs> she is not even here to defend herself. But she doesn't need to defend herself because it's true. Matthew? She <laughs> she gets home late from work and then I can't get here on time. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, COVID's latest gift. Stick around. Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So I'm in Box Lunch the other day, which is the less aggressive version of Hot Topic. And I see a young couple walking around looking at things, and they're on the Animal Crossing section. And if you haven't played Animal Crossing during the 2020 like world shutdown, you missed out on some good quality of life. But they were looking at the Animal Crossing thing, and there was a Gulliver backpack, which is a uh, pelican that, uh, or no, a seagull that actually washes up on the shore of your island. And the guy's like, "Man, that's cute," but Gulliver never does anything. He just lays on your beach. And I heard him say that a couple times. And if you know the game, you know that's not actually accurate. So. I said, hey man, I'm really sorry to interrupt your conversation, and I didn't mean to be eavesdropping, don't be dropping no eaves, but I heard you say that Gulliver doesn't do anything. I was like, dude, you do realize that Gulliver is the one who gives you all of the statues and monuments and really cool things on your island, right? He's like, no, every time I talk to him, he's just asleep. I was like, yeah, you have to keep talking to him. You have to keep nudging him. I think you actually have to talk to him like five times before he wakes up but then once he wakes up he actually gives you a little quest and then your island gets something cool and something new and he's like are you kidding me i was like yeah dude that's how you get the pyramid the statue of liberty you know all these things he's like i never talked to him more than once i was like yeah you gotta be a little more persistent homie and then you know i walked away and spent way too much money on my kids for stuff in that store but the reality of it is 
we treat God that way where we ask one little prayer and we walk away and we're surprised that he doesn't answer us immediately. Luke 18, there's this story called the unjust judge. And the basic idea is it tells us to keep praying and keep asking. Go back and read the whole thing of Luke 18. But in Luke 18, verse 7, it says, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? And that's the thing that we have to understand. If we truly want something from God, if we truly want to be more than just passing bystanders, we actually have to be willing to cry out to him day and night to keep bringing things to him. Not because he's stubborn, but because us going to him shows we're listening and care. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And we change some things up for this new season, including what we record live on Twitch. Each week, we record our shows on the Friday or Saturday before with our friends. Follow us on twitch.tv slash air to be notified when we go live and join our Discord at backrowdiscord.com for after-show discussion and even opportunities to be on the show yourself. Before we go any further, it's time for Mo's Factoid of the Day. I changed the name of the fly. That's the name now. of the day. Okay. Uh, The word sausage is derived from the Latin word for salsus, which means something salted. Sausages were called bangers during World War II because they they contained so much water that they exploded when fried. I did not know that. Yeah. Really? That's why they were called bangers? Uh Uh-huh. That's interesting. Yep. You're welcome. That's, That's interesting. The fact is supposed to be interesting. So check. Well, true. Mo yeah. did and her they usually part are, the day. But can I, I, can I, I just usually know. Now? That's all. Can I be done? Cool. I'm going to bed. Good night. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, now over to our weird news desk. All right. We've got three stories here you might not have heard yet. Uh, I mean, maybe. Other stuff popping up here. First up, in Turkey, a missing man joins a search party looking for himself. Oh my word. <laughs> Behan Matlu has been uh, had been drinking with friends on a Tuesday night when he wandered into a forest in Bursa province. When he failed to return, his wife and friends alerted local authorities and a search party was sent out. Mr. Mutlu, 50 uh, years old, then stumbled across the search party and decided to join them. But when the members of the search party began calling out his name, he replied, "Um, I'm I'm here. I'm right here." <laughs> He was taken aside by one of the rescue workers to give a statement. Uh, Don't punish me too harshly, officer. My father will kill me, he reportedly told them. Again, he's 50 years old. (laughs) Police then drove Mr. Mutlu home. Uh, It is not clear if he was given a fine. I think that's just hilarious. I agree. Stumble upon a search party. Okay, I'll help. I'm in. Yeah, I'll help. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, but who? Seriously? I want to know how many actual search parties they go around like Matthew Coker, <laughs> Matthew Coker. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm right here. <laughs> I've been behind you the last 20 minutes looking for this guy. 
Right? <laughs> oh, you're the guy. Oh, I'm the guy? <laughs> I found me. <laughs> I get a reward, right? What's, what's my reward? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, all right. This one, this one kills me. I love the art ones that we, we go through. Remember, remember banana? Remember banana on a wall? Remember the banana duct tape to the wall? No, I don't Piece remember. Oh, the only great. one that I remember is that, that one. The that, Banksy. Yes. Banksy. Uh-huh. Banksy that Banksy. destroyed itself yes. moments mm-hmm. after being purchased. Yes. Artist makes off with a pile of cash intended to be art. This happened in Copenhagen, Denmark. A Danish artist who was given a pile of money by a museum with which to create a piece of artwork. This wasn't like payment for him. This was supposed to be used to make the art. He submitted two empty canvases, and he titled the piece of art, Take the Money and Run. Jess Hanning was given the equivalent of nearly $84,000 in Danish kroner and euro banknotes by the Kunsten Museum of Modern Art in Aalborg. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, for its exhibition on uh, labor conditions and money entitled Work It Out that opened September 24th, the museum commissioned him to recreate two of his earlier pieces, which featured banknotes attached to a canvas representing the average annual wage in Denmark and Austria. As well as lending him the notes, the museum also paid him 25,000 kroner, or $3,900 in American, uh, for the work. But when museum officials received the completed artworks, they were blank. The artwork is that I have taken the money, Hang told a radio show on the P1 channel that is part of the Danish broadcaster DR this week. He declined to say where the money was. Hang, who is also known as a provocateur, said the artwork represented his current work situation. I encourage others who have just as miserable working conditions as I do to do the same. (laughs) If they are being asked to give money to go to work, then take the money and run. The museum says Hang has broken the agreement on how to use the money. However, it was not yet decided whether to report Hang to the police if the money is not returned before the exhibition ends in January. Hanning, uh, however, denies having committed a crime, insists he did produce a work of art. It's not theft. It's a breach of contract, and the breach of contract is part of the work, Hanning told P1. He was not reachable for comment beyond this. Uh, (laughs) I mean... (laughs) That's this is that weird loophole with art. Yeah. Is is that a part of the artwork and thus is it then protected? If the artwork includes a breach of contract on purpose as a part of the artwork, is it a catch 22 or is it a loophole? Was there a contract? Because <laughs> if there wasn't a contract, well, it then says there a breach can't of contract. Breach so there has contract. to be. There has no, but I'm be. saying, was there a contract? There had to have been. They gave him so much money. There had to have been some sort of contract. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And lastly, COVID's newest gift is nasty. Introducing restless oh, anal syndrome. Stop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Oh, read the the link before on her page before I got to the deadline. Is this for real? A, se- a septuagenarian in Japan reported deep and discom- anal discomfort. Uh, days after recovering from COVID-19, doctors have diagnosed the condition as restless anal syndrome. I mean, you couldn't come up.
up with a better name, seriously? <laughs> the symptoms of which are consistent with restless leg syndrome. So imagine restless leg syndrome, which, you know, where you just can't stop moving your legs. It just feels so uncomfortable. Uh, they're just like, you know, you got stop that. Stop it. Well. Stop. You have it. Stop in it. Your, in in the, your bottom. In the... Up in there. In your bottom. And it's not, the the worst part, it's not It's not like, just like the, the part that touches air. Thank you for the follow. That's <laughs> why you're going to follow? Because we're talking about R.A.S.? It's not the part that touches air. It's like six inches in. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part. <laughs> that is restless. Okay, can I just say something? Yeah. Everyone, mm. everyone who has had COVID is now questioning, do I have RAS? We are all so very much in tuned with our bodies right now. We're all trying to figure it out. I mean... For the, I remember when I, we got COVID, when Deidre and I got COVID, we're like going through our list of symptoms, each of us different things. And you're like, I don't know, is this COVID? Is this part of COVID? Like everything's a part of COVID. Like literally exactly. any symptom you could have could be COVID. Which and I And that's know. what's made this whole year awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two years. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, now there's there's at least one new one. It's very rare. Very rare. And... Uh, only lasts for maybe 21 days after you already have recovered from COVID. No. Mm-mm. But uh, yeah. I'm I'm mm. so not okay with that. Mm. I can't. Uh, I'm so see no more COVID related anything on the show. <laughs> I, I didn't am putting, agree to that. Listen, I'm putting my foot agree, down. No, no, I didn't agree to that. Okay, thanks. <laughs> okay, no, I'm sorry. That okay, won't work on me. <laughs> Oh, all right. Let's take another quick break here. When we come back, someone from Facebook went to whistle at Congress. Stick around. Welcome to Two Minute Fandom. I'm Radio Matt, and today we're going to learn all about Doctor Who and its fandom, the Whovians, in about two minutes. Take a deep breath. Here we go. Doctor Who is a British science fiction television program broadcast by BBC One since 1963. The program depicts the adventures of a time lord called the Doctor, an extraterrestrial being who appears to be human. The Doctor explores the universe of a time-traveling spaceship called the TARDIS, a blue British police box on the outside, which was a common sight in Britain in 1963 when the series first aired, but an impossibly large spaceship on the inside. With various companions, the Doctor works to save civilizations, help people in need, and fight baddies like robot Nazis with plunders called Daleks, living statues that feed on time and the Weeping Angels, and a race of cybernetic drones, the Cybermen. Beginning with William Hartnell, 13 actors have headlined the series as the Doctor, the most recent being the first woman in the lineup, Jodie Whittaker, who took on the role in 2017. The transition from one actor to another is written into the plot of the show with the concept of regeneration into a new incarnation, a plot device in which the Time Lord transforms into a new body when the current one is too badly harmed to heal normally. Each actor's portrayal is unique, but all represent stages in the life of the same character, and together they form a single lifetime with a single narrative. 
The time-traveling feature of the plot means that different incarnations of the Doctor occasionally meet. The show is a significant part of British popular culture, and elsewhere it has gained a cult following. It has influenced generations of British television actors and directors, many of whom grew up watching the series, and as noted, fans of the series are referred to as Whovians. The program is listed in Guinness World Records as the longest-running science fiction television show in the world, as well as the most successful science fiction series of all time, based on its overall broadcast ratings, DVD and book sales, and iTunes traffic. The program originally ran from 1963 to 1989. There was an unsuccessful attempt to revive regular production in 1996 with a backdoor pilot in the form of a TV movie, and the program was finally relaunched in 2005, and since then has been produced in-house by BBC Wales and Cardiff. Doctor Who has also spawned numerous spin-offs, including comic books, films, novels, audio dramas, and the television series Torchwood, The Sarah Jane Adventures, K-9, and Class, all of which rarely, if ever, had a cameo from the Doctor and ultimately were canceled. Doctor Who has been the subject of many parodies and references in pop culture, one of the most well-known being the NBC show Community, where Abed is introduced to a character, Inspector Spacetime, who travels through space and time in a red phone box with his companion, Constable Reggie. The upcoming season will be the final one for Jodie Whittaker and showrunner Chris Chibnall, and the next incarnation of both the Doctor and the tone of the show will soon make its wibbly-wobbly way onto our TV screens. Until then, in the words of my Doctor, allons-y. I'm Radio Matt, and this has been Two Minute Fandom. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Max. And I'm Mo. And hey, are you following us on all the socials? We're on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Just search for at the Back Row LTN and connect with us. You <laughs> might not know that we have a brand new version of Sunday School Answers out just for Christmas. That's right. Sunday School Answers Christmas Edition is out now at backrowgames.com and it's not just an expansion. It's big enough to play all by itself this holiday season with over 250 cards. And this weekend is LTNCon, the third annual Love Thy Nerd convention, and you can be a part of it for free by signing up at lovethynerd.com slash LTNCon or ltncon.info. There will be special speakers on Twitch, online games, local LAN parties, special LTN radio playlists, and more. And because Sunday School Answers is a sponsor for LTNCon this year, we have a special limited time Sunday School Answers product, the first one we've made that will be limited edition. The LTNCon 2021 Booster Pack, a special pack of 17 cards to add to your Sunday School Answers game that are LTNCon or Love Thy Nerd influence that will only be available to purchase at backrowgames.com on Friday or from Friday, October 15th through Monday, October 18th. That's right. After that, it is gone for good, so don't sleep on it. Last week was a rough one for Facebook, suffering two big issues in a row. And today we're going to talk about the Facebook whistleblower that came before Congress last week to shed some light on the process behind the scenes of the company. <clears throat> so we're going to start with this article from The Verge. Uh, and uh, it's titled, What's Good, Bad, and Missing in the Facebook Whistleblower's Testimony. Um, that is an opinion. It's, a, it's an opinion piece, and uh, we might have different conclusions than this person is drawing, <clears throat> because The Verge is owned by Vox, and Vox is a far, far left-leaning uh, news outlet. But that aside, it did appear that both... Democrats and Republicans were mostly on the same page when it came to their response to this. So hopefully we can leave most of the politics out of this. Mm. <clears throat> so the whistleblower, her name is uh, Frances Haugen, I think is how you pronounce it. Hagen, maybe. 
H-A-U-G-E-N. How would you pronounce it? Haugen. Haugen. Okay. <laughs> she came before the Senate uh, for three hours last Tuesday, and uh, she addressed a subset of the Senate Commerce Committee. And uh, she appeared calm, confident, and in control as she read her opening remarks and fielded questions from both parties. And while she brought more nuance to her critique than most Facebook critics, she supports Section 230, for example, and opposes a breakup of the company. She also said that the company should declare moral bankruptcy. So here's one thing that she said. She told Congress, this is not simply a matter of certain social media users being angry or unstable or about one side being radicalized against the other. It is Facebook choosing to grow at all costs, becoming an almost trillion-dollar company by buying its profits with our safety. Uh, so there was a uh, a big to big tobacco moment uh, where essentially they read research that the company itself has done on the effects that. Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp and all the companies have had on society. And specifically, the issue that was brought up was teenagers. Uh, there are documents that Facebook themselves like researched that indicate that using Instagram actively contributes to eating disorders in teenagers. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, it was something like 20% of active users tend to have a, a, a bit of a, a mental health issue okay. around using the social media. I think it's specifically Instagram that they're talking about in this case, which is an offshoot of Facebook. Uh, so that Instagram does tend to skew younger in users, Generation Alpha, as we uh, mentioned in the, in the opening line mm -hmm. uh, would be more apt to use Instagram and TikTok than they would Facebook, Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. Um, and so Facebook's position essentially has been, well, it's only 20%. What you're saying is 80% of our users enjoy our, our uh, outlets uh, and have healthy mental outlooks on it. That's a vast majority. And so the big, the big tobacco, big tobacco, the big tobacco debacle, <laughs> I think is, is what I was trying to say, to say huh? no. <laughs> was that uh, Hagen noted, or I'm going to say Hagen, I'm pretty sure it's Hagen, noted that only 10% of cigarette smokers ever get cancer. So the idea that 20% of your users could be facing serious mental health issues, and that's not a problem, right. it's shocking to hold that position, mm -hmm. which... Whoo! Yeah. What a line. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. I mean, when you put it in into that perspective, absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Ted Cruz was one of the 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 hard hitting questioners uh, of this this uh, has been a a long standing cr critic of Facebook and larger social media companies. Um. He did ask about the data um, exploring the link between Instagram and self-harm. Uh, Facebook will say, not unfairly, that senators were just largely cherry-picking with these questions, but uh, these questions are grounded in something, and most of it is Facebook's own research. Mm -hmm. So it's not unfair to bring these questions to light. <clears throat> um, 
And Hagen helped to shift the discussion of the platform problems away from the contents of the speech that they host. Like, it's not, not a, a free spa- speech issue. It's not, you know, left or right in what they say. It's not, you know, quote unquote, fake news or anything like that. She says the problem here is at the design of algorithms, the AI. <clears throat> she said that uh, breaking up the company wouldn't solve anything. The same engagement-based algorithms would likely create similar issues with the new baby Facebooks that are created in its wake. Mm-hmm. Uh, she posited that the regulation of the algorithms, specifically banning engagement-based ranking like Facebook and Instagram use today as a way to avoid the First Amendment issues that come with attempting to regulate Internet speech. So essentially, she is saying that we should go back to uh, a, 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 a reverse chronological order, as in newest post first, not here's what you haven't seen. We're going to put it at the top of your feed. Yeah. Because that is where the the uh, algorithms built in, because right. it's going to see what you comment on, like or whatever, mm-hmm. at the top of your feed, and then it's going to keep putting that kind of stuff and yeah. engage your ads and all that based on that, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where the issue comes in. Yes, and so targeted, it's basically targeted stuff. This 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 whole idea of targeted ads and targeted content that all social media and all the internet, Google, everybody has been doing with the idea and, and a logical presentation of it's tailored to you. This is stuff you want to see. That makes sense initially until we realize that we also pour our negative stuff into social media and that algorithm is also feeding on that. Yeah. And so we're pouring our insecurities, we're pouring our our pains, our doubts, our addictions, our bad habits, probably more so in most cases than our good habits and our desires and our, you know, wants to be better (laughs) into that algorithm. And so we are getting bombarded with the negativity, negativity, Mm -hmm. lost some consonants in that word. (laughs) And words are hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see here. I mean, I, I, I understand that, that I, I mean, I really, I really wanted, I really wanted to go back to reverse chronological order, like a timeline base, not a, because it makes people use Facebook less. Cause do you remember when it was timeline based, when it was specifically newest post first? Yeah. You'd go back on 30 minutes later and you'd and scroll down, the same. you'd scroll down, you'd see maybe three new posts, then you've caught up to where you were and you go on with your day. Yeah. With Facebook now, hardly ever do you see the same post twice. Even if it was posted on the same day, you have to go hunt it down if you want to. You got to remember who posted you gotta it. Got to remember who posted it. Go in there. The, in the worst is bar. when the worst is when you like open it up and you see a story at the beginning and then it yes, resets it itself and uh-huh. like what was that? I wanted to read yes. it. Yes, it happens all the time. <laughs> that to was me. a picture of Spider Man. It the was time. a new rumor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, so that would eliminate that as well. But that's more of a personal preference. I haven't really thought about it until today as based on, you know, algorithm usage and how that really can affect us uh, emotionally, mental health wise and all that. Uh, Let's see. The problem uh, that The Verge sees, and I also see this as a problem, is that she believes that this tech problem 
can also be solved by more tech. Like just putting a reverse chronological feed on there is not really going to change the, the, the driving force behind Facebook. They will still come up with a way to be more uh, tailor-made engaged to the individual. Yeah. Like there's, there's no, I mean, I'm not sure if the government could force them to change their code at all anyway, but I don't really think that just changing up more tech, doing more tech stuff is going to fix it. Swapping around how this is gone, how this is going, how this is going, what, what pops up first. I'm not sure that's going to be enough to actually change what has already become ingrained in our society. Uh, especially because, like I said, Facebook is not the only platform that does it. It's just the most prominent right now. Right. <clears throat> um, a lot of a lot of other issues came up in these Facebook files uh, research that they did themselves. Um, but the other issue with with uh, Hagen's testimony is that it seemed to have tunnel vision. Uh, like I said, it seems to be focused solely on Facebook. And solely on specific issues uh, and little focus on all the, the more wide ranging issues that social media has brought upon us, which we'll kind of discuss uh, in, a, in a later discussion okay. <laughs> uh, of the pros and cons of social media. But this is only one issue, you know, right. and solving this one issue does nothing to solve the rest if this one could even be solved. There's there's an inherent nature with these giant corporations now to be exactly what she's claiming they are, focused solely on growth above anything else. Everything else secondary or below. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and so this article goes on to, to say... Uh, what they think should happen next. They say that platforms should take events of the past few weeks as a cue to begin devising ways to regularly share internal research on subject in the public interest, uh, annotated with the relevant context and with data made available to third-party researchers uh, in order to, you know, keep them honest. Facebook regularly tells us that most of its research shows that people like it and the company's market dominance suggests that there's evidence to back that up too. But the company should show its hand, if only because soon enough governments will require it uh, to anyway. And so it's essentially saying that we're, we're getting to the point where the FTC or, uh, some other government agency that is formed is going to start being in control of our social media. That scares me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the implications of that scare me because one thing that we're quickly learning through this whole COVID situation is that once, once government is given a new power, it really doesn't want to give it up. Mm -hmm. We have governors all across the nation who have instituted emergency powers that they're not allowed to institute indefinitely, indefinitely, even with uh, their own like state senates trying to get them to stop. They're like, nah, emergency power. And uh, seems like there's little we can do about it. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. And so if we start to say like, okay, government, you can come in and regulate our social media. You can regulate our Amazon profiles. You can regulate our Google searches. Where will that stop? I, yeah, I'm terrified to know. It'll be China. (laughs) It'll be China that can censor your Google results. So you don't see anything that is negative against China. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I found something interesting just the other night that kind of threw me for, for a loop, but, and I I wasn't really sure how I felt about it. I still am not a hundred percent sure how I feel about it, but I, I don't think that it's good. Um, Pinterest, have you seen this? No. If you go to Pinterest and you search for essential oils to use for flu symptoms. It brings up everything that it brings. It brings up a little memo up at the top that says something along the lines of, let me, let me just do it. So I don't get this wrong. Okay. (laughs) Give me one, just one moment. Essential oils for flu symptoms. Okay. Uh, pins about this topic often violate our community guidelines, which prohibit harmful medical mis- misinformation. <laughs> oh, so this has actually been updated since when I searched this just the other day. Okay, because now it's actually showing you. But it's giving you a warning. It's giving yes. A big so it warning. gives you That's a, a, huge a warning. large warning. That's your full phone screen almost. Uh huh. So last night when I did this, this was the first time that I I had seen anybody post anything about it. All of these pins that you're seeing here that are actual essential oils, there were none of those. It was every single pin was like one in four people die from the common flu. Like, oh, geez, terrifying warnings about why you need to go to the doctor, why you need to be vaccinated. Oh, vaccines are not bad. Vaccines are good. Like things just very a one sided opinion. Yeah. That was very much being pushed at a specific person, a specific group of people. You know what I mean? Not saying that someone who's searching essential oils for flu are anti-vaxxers by any means. Right. You know, but if you're having flu symptoms and you can't make it to the doctor right away, I mean, let's be clear, you go get the vaccine when you're having flu symptoms, that's not going to help you right away. Yeah. You know. They're not going to help you at all because you already got it. (laughs) Exactly. But to use essential oils at home as kind of a home remedy at 10 o'clock at night. It's not to cure you. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's nothing Nothing wrong wrong with that. that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And that is your... Medical freedom, mm-hmm. 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 Which, which you do have. Mm. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know if we do anymore. Man, I mean, I don't know if we do anymore. We are supposed to have. How about that? Yeah, we are supposed to have. Um, I but mean, we yeah. could get we could spin off on a whole topic of how our medical freedom is starting to look like communism these days. But. Well, yes, <laughs> but that was really the first time that I was thrown in a way that. Something had been censored so heavily mm-hmm. and I, there was nothing that I could do if Pinterest had been my only source of information, you know, yeah. which it's clearly not, but there was nothing that I could do to go find an essential oil. Well, I remember when, when the coronavirus was first like becoming a huge thing and 
and people were trying to combat quote unquote misinformation mm -hmm. against it. Uh, YouTube banned people from even saying the words coronavirus or COVID-19 yes. in a video, good yes. or bad. It didn't matter how you were talking about it. You weren't allowed to say anything yeah. about it. And uh, like they would, they would basically have uh, algorithms or programs that would listen for that word in your video as you were uploading it. Yeah. And they would ban that video. And so you had to have, I remember uh, there's this one lawyer uh, that I, I watched for a little while. Um, I don't remember his name now. But I do remember that he had, he was calling it the My Sharona Cyrus instead of coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> so his video wouldn't get banned. Yeah. I'm like, that is so silly that you have to do that. It is. You can't talk about coronavirus, good, and bad, or like, indifferent. Yeah, it's like that with a lot of a <laughs> lot of things. There mm -hmm. are a lot of those hot button words that will have you as a content creator mm -hmm. removed. Lately it's ivermectin. I mean, there's a lot of things there's, <laughs> and that it just, it kills me because again, well, that where one's, is that freedom that one's of speech silly. kind of? That one's silly because like in India, they had this massive influx of cases in April of this year. Uh-huh. Massive. 97% yes. jump. Bigger uh, than any other point in their history with COVID the year before. Okay. Yes. Massive. And so they, in their, in their biggest, uh, biggest state in India, they got extremely vigilant. They were going door to door, uh, checking people for COVID with rapid tests. And if they had COVID, they would quickly help them quarantine and they would give them uh, like a, a, a home remedy kit with medicines in it. Yeah. And the American news company, uh, you know, would cover this. And by by uh, the beginning of September, that state and almost all of India has completely eradicated COVID. They have they have a zero point one percent infection rate right now. Mm -hmm. None of the news companies that aired stories about this great turnaround in the last six months, would say what was in that medicine box. Hmm. The doctors did say it. And the key ingredient was ivermectin. And that is when we started hearing about horse tranquilizers. As soon as those doctors actually brought it up to Congress, that's when we started hearing the FDA tweeting about, don't, don't have uh, these, this, this horse medication. Don't take this horse medication. This is just for animals. It won the Nobel Prize for use in humans. <laughs> it, is, it is a specific drug that targets all the areas that COVID targets. Mm -hmm. It might not work for everybody, but it obviously worked in India because in India, their fully vaccinated rate is less than 10%. Less than 10%. We're almost at 70% in America. Less than 10% in India. 0.1% infection rate right now. And it's things like that that make me go, why? So the theory is, and this is not my words, this is just the theory. Ivermectin is so old and so well known in the medical community that it has lost its patent. 
like it's beyond that that point where uh, the company can the company that created it Merck can uh, you know make big money off of it because now anybody can make it they can make a generic version and so Merck itself started downplaying the medicine that it once created because they're not going to make anything. They're making from it. a new <laughs> drug right now. The government is paying them billions of dollars to come up with a new treatment for COVID. I just think it's so silly. It is. Ivermectin is in some like animal medications. Uh huh. I know that they treat cattle with it. Right, cattle uh -huh. and horses. Uh huh. But. <laughs> That was not its original use. That is not its main use. It is subscribed to people every dang day. Prescribed. In, prescribed, yeah. <laughs> every dang day in this country. And it's so silly how they called the Joe Rogan got on, <laughs> got COVID, threw everything that his doctor told him to throw at it, which included ivermectin. He said that. CNN said he was taking horse paste. <laughs> medication and he got on his the first show back said should i sue cnn i didn't take any horse paste i took human ivermectin <laughs> yes you should sue cnn you know maybe that's so what it would weird. take I'm, but then again like who i don't know it's we're all playing a game of big brother right and so anyway the, to 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 mm, mm, mm -hmm. to Asterisks all of that. I'm not a medical professional. Moe's not a medical professional. None of what we said is medical advice. I'm not telling you to take ivermectin. I am using this as an example of how we have gotten to the point in America where we are not even allowed to discuss things. We're not allowed to be told why we can't discuss these things. We're just being told We're gonna this be is removed. the way it's going to be. That's what's going to happen. Like this entire, <laughs> this will be our last. This might not be on YouTube. I don't know. That's the thing. If we're going to end is up. Not, this is not medical advice. We are not saying that any of this is accurate one way or the other. We are just saying that is what is being said in India, that it's largely ivermectin that brought this to an, a, I mean, a halt. Do your own research, guys. Do your own research. Uh, for Check now, it. while you can, while, while you can go and Google something and actually get a result, result. and not get something censored. But it's just, it is strange. And this is what I'm talking about. And it's giving up our, our power to the government for the sake of them knowing better than us. That's exactly what we're starting to see with these companies. And if Facebook's, Facebook's already been doing these things on behalf of the government since the beginning, they've had their little warnings on the bottom of posts as well. Uh, Instagram, YouTube, all of them have their little warnings whenever anything is mentioned about COVID-19. Uh, all of that was just done to appease the government. If the government comes in and actually takes control over what happens, I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine. It, it's honestly kind of terrifying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it would be silly and naive to think that it won't be politically motivated all the time. Absolutely. And I don't care who's in power. That's a recipe for disaster. Yes. On either side. Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, nobody it, should have that much power. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, the whistleblower, you know, 
brought brought good good uh, uh, information. I think poor ideas on how to solve it, and I hope our government doesn't go that way. But of course, I feel like our government is going to go that way, and I feel like it's dangerous because both sides of the aisle are kind of leaning in that direction. Like, yeah. yeah, let's regulate this more. What could go wrong? Like, mm, a lot. So much lot stuff, but not for wrong. you, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Do you know that is always like my first question whenever things like this pop up? Are, are we, as kind of like the little people, <laughs> are we the only ones affected? Are those who are m- making the decisions, are, are they and their families not affected? Someone brought this up. Uh, any any of the famous rich people that have caught COVID, do you remember any of them dying? No. Pretty sure that's because they all have their own physicians that are giving them the actual treatments that are helping. <laughs> like Joe Rogan is one of them. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan is a multi, multi-million, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, based on everything that he's doing right now. Yeah, he's getting the right advice because he's paying for it. Yeah. He gets to skirt around all this weird blockage of information. Again, not saying that that's the cure, not saying that that's the fix, but I am saying that there is information that some people are getting that the rest of us aren't allowed to have. Absolutely. Which is strange. Which, yeah. 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 And all, all the social media seem to be carrying water for... This, you will think one way, and you will not deviate from that one way. And that is scary stuff. That is nightmare fuel. That is dystopian. That's that's the beginning of the dystopian apocalypse. I mean, that's this is how it starts. Freedom gone. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, uh, I mean, it's not like our country's on the, the verge of financial collapse, right? No. Social... Un- unrest, right? None of that's happening right now. All, all the stuff we... that's all the stuff that's happening right now was happening to the Soviet Union before it fell. Here in our country, not saying that we're the Soviet Union, but the same like factors, yeah, are building mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Why Dangerous. on earth did you choose this as our comeback? Topic. Don't worry, don't worry. The The next two days are worse. No, I'm kidding. I <laughs> I'm had kidding. a feeling. I'm kidding. This is as I political and I think as COVID-focused as we're going to get. Uh, <laughs> this week is all about Facebook and its impact on society. Tomorrow, we're going to showcase what happened to Facebook the day after the whistleblower hearings. Stick around. We'll be right back to close out the show. And this is Reviews of the Nerds. Today, I'm reviewing the Disney Plus series, Star Wars Visions. Star Wars Visions is the shiny new anime anthology series within the Star Wars universe, brought to life by seven of the most popular anime studios in Japan. 
This marks the first official anime treatment that Star Wars has seen, but not the first time it has been adapted by Japanese creators, with a few of the canon novels having been turned into manga as well. The series has nine episodes in total, each with its own unique story and animation style that has breathed new life into a franchise that has, quite frankly, been stuck within the shadows of what has come before as of late. The series starts with a duel created by Studio Kamikaze Doga, which follows Ronin, a mysterious man roaming the galaxy with his droid, stumbling across a village that he quickly finds himself having to defend from the oppression of the Empire. What follows are Tattooing Rhapsody by Studio Colorido, the vibrant, hyperactively animated The Twins from Studio Trigger, Kinema Citrus's The Village Bride, The Knife Jedi by Production IG, my favorite episode of the series, the adorable yet heartbreaking episode by Science Saru, T.O.B. 1, The Elder, once again by Studio Trigger, Gino Studios' La Pinocho, and finally, Akakiri from Science Saru once again, which reminds me heavily of Revenge of the Sith. Each episode of Visions feels distinct, fresh, and like nothing you've ever seen before. From the vibrant animation to the memorable, unique characters, it still manages to feel like the Star Wars we know and love by keeping the core themes of hope, compassion, and love throughout. It's a striking example of what the future of the franchise can continue to be. It can continue to evolve and reinvent itself with different styles from different voices that still stays true to George Lucas's original vision for how he saw these stories. From lightsabers to wandering Jedi samurai to high-heeled and fabulous female characters, Star Wars Visions is everything I expected of this series and more. It's quirky, fun, breathtaking, and voiced in English and Japanese by talented actors that truly understood the project that was presented to them. It's a breath of fresh air that I've been looking for within the franchise since The Last Jedi, and one I highly recommend to anyone looking for the same, anime lover or not. It was also nice to see the culture that inspired George Lucas so much get the chance to shine in this universe. I give Visions an easy 10 out of 10. I'm Brittany Laughlin, and remember, wherever you are in the galaxy, the Force will be with you. Always. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show and things are winding down for the day. And we wanted to know, what did you do during the Facebook blackout of 2021? <laughs> so we gave you four options uh, and we said to choose the closest answer. So some of these are very specific, but you could have a similar response. Okay. Uh, so the options were go to Twitter slash another app, go outside and play, go back to bed, or go panic buy toilet paper. So essentially we're saying go to yeah. another social media, go do something productive, get all sad and mopey, or panic. Those are your options. Uh, okay. What do you think number one was? Uh, they went to another social media. Absolutely. 61.5%. Yeah. <laughs> well over half. Uh, our number two and three tied... 15.4% go outside and play and go panic buy toilet paper. <laughs> Only 7.7% went back to bed. PTSD is a real thing, okay? <laughs> Gosh, I still remember. It still haunts my dreams. Toilet paper? When, yeah, when when people were panic buying and I'm like I'm not going to I'm not going to hoard toilet paper and then I get to the store and they're unwrapping one pallet of toilet paper. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to get one. And then I see everybody in a feeding frenzy. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get another one. <laughs> Listen, if, if COVID it made me a hoarder. taught us anything, it was, you know, that whole old, old saying, never say never. Mm. 
That's a real thing. I thought you were going to say DTA. Don't trust anybody. Oh, no. (laughs) I really do think that... Stab you in the face for some charm. (laughs) I really do think that everyone as a whole across the board has changed their mind on at least one thing that they were standing firm on at one point or another. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To where it's been like, I would never do that. And then weeks or months or whatever later, it's like, Oh, well I was wrong. <laughs> Maybe I would, <laughs> but here we are. You know, <laughs> I, That's what I know. I did it. A whole stinking lot. Oh, man. Mo, let's end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is Deuteronomy 5, 33. You shall walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land that you shall possess. That's going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all of what we do online at lovethynerd.com. we got amazing articles on all things nerdy, as well as this show, LTN Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. And if you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LTN Radio, then please Please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner, and you can choose LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible. Remember that we air first exclusively on LTN Radio, ltnonair.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the Back Row Morning Show podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Do it, and we'll love you forever. Lastly, LTN Con, Love Thy Nerds, third annual convention, which is online on Twitch this year, is this coming weekend. Register for free now at ltncon.info. We'll be back tomorrow morning. We hope you will too. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus Jesus loves you, nerd.